I'm SP from the GuineaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is part of the GuineaGeek.com network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other amazing geek shows at GuineaGeekNetwork.com. And welcome to Play Comics, where once again, we are here talking to a comic creator about their cool stuff. This time, I have Eli Powell, creator of Ravage, brought to you by Invader Comics. I'm so excited to talk to him about this one. Eli, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I am so excited we managed to pull this off. I know I was talking to Mike, I think, last week, and... He threw some names out at me. We kind of got some preliminary plans with us. And then all of a sudden, I think it was literally yesterday, we finally got this one ironed out. Nice. So first off, for anybody who doesn't know, what is your elevator pitch for Ravage? Well, it's uh, a feral wild man uh, is causing a trail of death and destruction across the modern land while exposing a grotesque underbelly of society at the same time that's kind of the basic idea i had in my head uh, when i created it yeah so not based on real life events at all then i'm assuming no it's uh completely fictional yeah no no historical events in there nothing how long have you been working on this one? Well, I originally started it uh, in 2018, and I finished it at the end of 2018. So it took about a year to do, and just now it's sort of seeing a uh, professional publishing um, outlet. So it's taken a while to see some air, to see some light. But What do you think kept it from going to a publisher for so long after you finished it? Well, originally I think it was my own, like, uh, not self-consciousness of it, but uh, fear of marketing it myself and that and lack of uh, connections in the industry. Like, I don't really have a lot of connections uh, and people willing to give me the time of day to look at my work. And uh, uh, I just kind of was like, well, I'm just going to keep drawing my own stuff and not really care what anybody says or what it, if it, pu- it gets published or not professionally. Um, just keep on making my own art at the same time. So that's what I did so how did this one get in front of everybody over at Invader Comics then 
I don't really know, to be honest. Uh, I post on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. And uh, one day I just like looked at my uh, DMs and uh, and Mike had uh, messaged me and was like, hey, we like your work. You do have a publisher. I was like, heck yeah, man. Uh, I'll send you my stuff and see what you think. All right, I'll add that to the list. Actually get things done instead of talking about how I want to do them. And you're doing this one all by yourself, right? As far as the writing and art goes anyway. Yeah. Uh, yep, solo. So Ravage being a book largely without text, how much writing goes into something like this? Well, uh, actually zero writing from the start went into this. Uh, I just sort of had a, a overall concept in mind and i guess not zero writing i had sort of bullet point outlines of what i wanted to achieve sort of each arc um and i kind of think of it i originally when i tackled the concept thought of it in terms of like four arcs um 88 pages 22 page arcs um and sort of had bullet points for what I wanted to achieve through each arc. But then sitting down and making it, I just made it all into one continuous sketchbook and that I have in my desk. And I just uh, drew it page by page and was like, all right, let's see where this goes and uh, following my bullet points. And so it was kind of like, uh, you know, not typically when a creator and a or an artist and a writer work together the writer you know writes descriptions of each panel of each page and the, the uh, artist sticks to it and interprets it and in this way it was kind of the opposite where the art was like leading the way of, you know page by page panel by panel and then the writing was like following behind it, but I guess there is no captions, but I could add captions to it uh, if I really wanted to. So. Would you really want to though? I think uh, there was a point when I first uh, drew it back in 2018, I was pitching to like uh, Image and IDW and uh, I thought that it needed captions to connect better to it and to kind of uh solve like questions you might have and specifics i want to say but uh so i did i i added captions for the first five pages which i kind of liked actually it, it brought a different uh dimension to it um but then i was like they got rejected and i was like well screw it i'm not going to do it for the whole book uh, they'll just have to kind of uh you know find their own interpretations for it so i was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> be be quiet be silent yeah where did you get the idea to do the comic in the first place so that goes back uh a long time ago um basically there's the original idea that I had of, of the wild man, which was based on uh, a uh, idea that I had when I was 
really young um, drawing comics as like maybe in high school and uh, the wild man um, was like a unfiltered like representation of pure nature incarnate like uh, how a, a bear a grizzly bear or a wolf is like completely innocent in what it attacks and what it like preys upon but then at the same time uh yeah it's like it's like nature and uh and so the wild man in this case uh wore rags of clothes his clothing was like animal skins and carcasses and mutilated things that he had preyed upon because like that stuff when you when you kill and stuff like that, it follows you around with you. In this case, it literally follows him around, sticks to his uh, body, and um, so that was kind of the uh, the wild man that I, the character that I had created, uh, that I'm kind of wanted to just start and do a full book about. And then I guess the the visual character, his face. I had used a very, very loose reference of like the hitchhiker that they pick up in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The guy with kind of the uh, the scar on his face and the long hair to his shoulders, and he's kind of crazy and kind of like he has a knife and unpredictable and stuff. And so that's kind of the the, the facial features I very loosely referenced because it's in my own style it's not you know photographic or anything like that so um those two elements created like the the concept of the wild man and the ravage uh universe i guess would you say that this book is a good representation of your art style yeah uh, it, yeah it is uh, basically like through through uh, high school I was like had really found my own style I was like imitating uh, like Jonan Vasquez and the, the, that type of dark style and then kind of in uh, early college I imitated like Brian Boland and like Bernie Wrightson and that kind of style um, and then in later in college, like I grew into more like went into like a messy kind of Sean Murphy phase. Uh, and then Ravage, I was just like working on a few creator own book or a few, uh, freelance books at, uh, while I was doing it. And, uh, I was like tired of drawing in other people's styles. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to freaking go crazy in this book and so, with lines and like, I did, I drew like 15 pages just without even thinking about it and then went back and sort of refined it and, and carved it from lines and from like this thread work of, of stuff. And, uh, that's kind of what became of the crazy energetic line work that is in Ravage. Um, and from there I've sort of, for my, uh, modern work, my, present work uh i've sort of taken that and uh channeled it into uh like its own thing and incorporated 
brush strokes into it or messy like kind of dry brushing into it and uh i kind of like where that's going um but i've not never really settled on a permanent style i'm all, always kind of adapting and growing and i kind of get bored if i stay one look too long so yeah are you working digitally or physically on this one uh, I've always worked traditionally with a pen and ink, uh, brush, um, like nib. Yeah, Ravage though was drawn almost all with just like a 0.08 micron, um, with occasional brush in there, um, and like and to fill in heavy heavy black spots too, uh, heavy ink spots. Um, yeah. One thing I'm like triply excited now that I just learned from you before we started going is uh, why don't you tell me about the inspiration for the comic store, what the comic store is going to be getting as a cover for this one when it's finally released. There's, I guess, the Kickstarter comp cover, um, and then that's the one with like the hands reaching out for you and it's like drawn in a really energetic style and i love it and then there's the original cover which i drew which i did which is just like the blank black uh surface of my sketchbook with a little white uh little white tiny ravaged figure in the dead center and then there's just like the the uh, rough typewriter font ravage and by eli powell um with kind of a nice invader uh comics at the bottom uh kind of a simple minimalist cover uh but it's also reminiscent of like that you know black sketchbook dark journal that's in your room that's like too scary to open and that's has your kind of dark thoughts in it and stuff like that and uh that's what that's why i kept it uh minimal like that uh but i have so many crazy images for this book we could we could come up with honestly like like three alt covers and it would be cool um so maybe i'll talk to like the guys at invader about having some other alt covers too i don't know i don't know what we can do so (laughs) yeah mike if you do that i know people talk to me later Like, I liked that one before. I mean, there's something about the hands that just speaks to me. But for some reason, it never clicked in my head that it was actual notebook cover like that. And knowing that now just makes it so much cooler. Yeah. Looking through a lot of your work, it's just black and white. Is that a conscious choice you've made? Or is it just kind of something that's happened? And then all of a sudden, oh, crap, I have a bunch of all black and white stuff. Yeah, that's like a very conscious choice I've made. I've always worked just black and white, pen and ink. Um, I haven't really ever had the need to uh, like branch off into color. And maybe that's because it it's like a whole other complexity of like uh, study, you know, like you could, if you can devote your life to drawing in black and white like color is even like you know more daunting in some ways um i mean but like i said before i'm sort of like a minimalist 
where like I like to see okay what can I work with in black and white and what can I achieve with just black and white whereas like color you kind of have it's more it, it can be more daunting because you have so, so much more to work with but at the same time it's like can be easier sometimes to represent what you're trying to draw and uh but yeah i just like i've never felt limited by black and white i've never felt like imprisoned by it and the need to break free from it um there have been covers i've colored uh digitally uh so I, i'll draw the black and white image traditionally and then use photoshop to to color it digitally while still keeping sort of a a uh, traditional hand-done look like using textures and brush strokes and uh sort of faded colors that are sort of off is it a manga influence at all and i just ask because every other person i've talked to that sticks black and white it's a manga influence really huh no i have no uh no conscious manga influences um i used to read uh Rurouni kenshin when i was in like grade school i think but uh that's the only <laughs> only uh reference i have so as we record this uh this one has about a week to go uh, obviously it's going to be a few days less than that by the time this gets released but what are some of the rewards that you guys have set up so there's uh I just kind of read read through it once real quickly, but uh, I talked to them on the phone too, and um, there's going to be like some original, the main stuff I'm excited about is like the original art that's like uh, six by six inches by nine inches, like head sketches, and not just sketches, like, like I put a lot of work into these. And it's a good price for what you're paying for original art. Um, and then there's also, I think, um, six by nine full body sketches. And this will probably be of the, the wild man, because uh, who wouldn't want a, a cool wild man drawing after this book? I mean, come on. Uh, so yeah, yeah. And uh, and then the 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 biggest one is the biggest reward is like a uh, I know I'll I'll probably regret it later, but uh, I'm, I'll surprise you and, and cut out a uh, original page of art from my my book. Um, and I think there's only going to be a limited a limited amount of those. I'm not sure how much they allotted to those. Uh, but we'll see and so yeah I'll, I'll cut out a page from my sketchbook uh and so you'll own an original page from ravage uh, if you do that highest tier and i think it's pretty affordable too i think it's only like i don't know like a hundred something bucks so yeah we'll see yeah somebody's already snatched one up oh yeah cool that's awesome <laughs> it's gonna be tough for me to part with uh, that artwork and because uh, it's been such a personal book to me over the years and uh well not personal but like uh like it, it's shaped my uh my direction of like it, you know breaking free from 
from uh, working with other people and just doing my own, writing my own books and everything like that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be hard to part with those pages. But I'll just cut them out. Can't be too precious about your work. No, I get it, though. It's your little baby. You've, you've held on to this since you made it. Yeah, it's in one collection. It's in one full book. You know, I can f- just flip through it. And... So is it largely Invader running the Kickstarter for you, then? Yep, uh, they're they're cool. They're uh, handling all the Kickstarter stuff. And uh, I'm, you know, uh, I... I tweet and post Instagram posts uh, to help as much as I can promote it and uh, just see see how it goes so I hope people like it yeah it makes perfect sense though they are the publisher uh, that's kind of what publishers do and that's kind of what you're supposed to do too is help promote your own work yeah I, I like promoting my own work um, yeah like seeing how how many people react to it and if they say anything normally i show my wife these things before i come on and talk to people i didn't show her this one because i wanted to talk to you first and i haven't wanted to do that for a while on this Uh, normally it's her first all day long and i'll get some extra questions from her but this one i just really wanted to get into your brain before i saw her reaction to it Mm. like how much more of the ravage and wild man story do you think there is to tell uh a lot um and that's funny because uh when i drew the first book and I w- wanted to pitch it to publishers. I pitched it, and then I had like a whole other uh, continuation going. Like the next one, the first book would be called. I think at the time I I named it uh, Ravage Diaries or something like that. And then the next book would be called Ravage Lands, and the next book would be called Ravage World, and. Uh, Ravage Lands would be like him uh, going through a going through a forest and being confronted by all the ghosts of the people he's killed and uh, and then fighting a bear and almost dying from a bear and realizing like there's other predators that are like him out there and so he becomes sort of humbled by it and uh, speculative about about people and stuff like that and uh, and then the the ravaged world is like him traveling the world and seeing like uh, maybe still interfering with like the like I said at the beginning like um, he's al- he's also sort of exposing a sinister underbelly like uh, in corruption of the world um, so he's kind of fighting crime in, in a way too uh and uh so that's the whole i had this huge big picture for it and so maybe one day i'll i'll continue it uh, if if uh if i want to too yeah i mean i'm excited to see more from this oh yeah i i have found that mike generally makes good choices on what to publish 
Oh yeah, cool. <laughs> and I only say generally because I don't want him to get too big of an ego after hearing that. <laughs> but looking through this, there's just so many pages in here that are honestly they're probably going to get screenshotted and put up on my vertical monitor. Oh yeah, go for it. Yeah, it'd be cool to have like a, put them in a gallery and print them out like, you know, 50 times larger so they could take up a whole wall or something. Are you using regular comic size pages when you do it or are you drawing them bigger? Um, so uh, regular pages are like what six inches by 10 or something like that these were drawn slightly bigger i think the sketchbook i used for this one was like 10 inches by 14 and then i sized them to the same proportions um, so slightly bigger than standard comic book size but not uh, not as big as 11 by 17 which uh most most professionals work on 11 by 17 uh, which is kind of twice as big, I think. Uh, but lately, lately I've been working on uh, the uh, actual uh, comic book size, six by ten, just because I'm I'm too lazy to work that big anymore. Um, so I save a lot. Some of the detail gets slightly, maybe uh, maybe cheated a little bit on the detail, but uh, it's easier. And, you can still get a lot of detail in there. I think my lines have gotten thinner too, <laughs> working faster and stuff. Well, I mean, the main difference between being lazy and being efficient is efficient people get things done. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not laziness if you're drawing uh, and if you're proud of the work. And, but yeah, a lot of artists are lazy because they're like, yeah, I, I try hard on the pages and then I'm just like, yeah kind of relax at the same time too. feel good about it what advice would you have for somebody looking to get into comics for themselves is this person has this person ever drawn comics before or have they drawn a little bit or should i just give them advice i'm gonna say they have art experience but if any comic experience like drawing something for them and their friends and that's it yeah, I would just say, like, I guess what most people say, and that's, like, uh, you just have to practice. I would say practice sequential storytelling. Don't just draw pinups, uh, because there's so many cover artists out there that it's, like, you have to be uh, just amazing, talent, amazingly talented to, to be just a cover artist. But I think the real honor is in sequentials, and that's like using images to in juxtaposition of one another to tell a story. And so practice your storytelling. And uh, and when it comes to technique and craft, don't just pencil pages, but show that you can ink the pages too, uh, because that adds another layer of uh, productivity um, and kind of streamline 
quality to your work that shows you can shows you can pencil and lay out a page, but it shows you can also um, like finish it uh, too. So yeah. Well, the good thing for me is I know that I can't art, so I will pay people who can art. <laughs> you can't art. <laughs> have you tried? I have, and I am too impatient to give it the time that it needs. Huh. How? How? Uh, what have you tried drawing? Nothing lately, because I've been trying to pop uh, some writing stuff out. And of course, work is rude and wants me to actually do my job while I'm at work. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to have a day job and like come home and draw at the same time, too. That's what I kind of have to do right now. So I do have one question that I have to ask everybody who comes on the show. And I'm glad Mike didn't prepare you for this one. Mm -hmm. Who's your favorite Muppet? Who's my favorite Muppet? Yep. You know, I I honestly can't say I, I know anything about Muppets. Um, is Kermit the Frog a Muppet? Yeah, Kermit's a Muppet. Then then he's my favorite Muppet, I think. But yeah, I, I for some reason I I completely missed out on Sesame Street and Muppets as a kid. I don't really know Muppets. Um, but yeah, Kermit the Frog, I guess. <laughs> Kermit's a good one to pick if you have to just pull one out of thin air. <laughs> is uh, is Elmo a Muppet? Elmo is also a Muppet. Huh. Yeah, I still like Kermit the Frog uh, better. What about you? I think right now I would have to go cookie monster oh yeah i like cookie monster too <laughs> he likes what he likes and he goes and gets it yeah he's entertaining so it has been great talking to you about all of this um where can people find you around the internet if they want to hear more from you um i'm on twitter um my twitter link is savage underscore inks savage inks and uh, I'm on Instagram at uh, Instalis Eli. That's Instalis underscore Eli, E L I. And I'm on just regular Facebook as Eli Powell. You'll have to kind of trudge through the, the names and find me there. Uh, and I think that's it. Uh, I do have a website called uh, www.bleakworldcomics.com. I don't really update it that much because I have issues with uh, coding and tech stuff. Um, I'm kind of lazy when it comes to that. But uh, I, I post stuff on Instagram and Twitter a lot, so you can find me there. Yep. And just like always, we'll have links to all that stuff down in the show notes because clicking links is so much easier than trying to remember how to spell things. That's true. <laughs> If only they made business cards with uh, clickable links or something like that. I guess you can type it in your phone and I don't know. <laughs> Maybe there's QR codes where they just look weird. 
Yeah, that'd be cool. And as always, if you want to hear more from me, you can head on over to Play Comics, where there's links to all the social media stuff, email, all the other fun things like that. Mostly I'm on Twitter. Um, you know, we'll we'll see how long Twitter lasts. That's a whole different discussion right now. If you want to help support the show, you can, you know, just take it and share it with a friend and let them know that they can cherry pick episodes because the continuity is very, very, very low between episodes. And, you know, just pick one you think you'd like and then pick a different one and then pick a random one because you want to just hear about some random thing. It's cool. Or you can be like the wonderful patrons I have in Ono Lit Class and Dan McMahon and Carl Antonovitz and give money because sadly the world costs money. There's nothing we can do about that. That is a discussion for a complete different podcast because there might be something we can do about that. I don't know. That, that's this whole other thing. We're not going to get into that here. Play Comics is a part of the Gunna Geek Network with home to such other wonderful shows as Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. where I need to talk more or Capes on the Couch where... I don't get to talk at all because I'm not on it, but it's just really good, so you should listen to it. If you like the music that I'm rudely talking on top of right now, head on over to soundcloud.com slash best-day to check out Best Day's music. But most of all, just grab a game, grab a stack of comics, and go find yourself a new favorite character.